Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Walk the Line. My name is Dan Cryer, and we're here at Michigan State University at Impact 89 FM. And uh, with me today is Brooks Lambeer. So, Brooks, how you doing? Good, Dan. How are you? Hey, good, man. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since uh, been been here. I got a cold, and I still have a little raspiness to my voice, which I think sounds a little bit cooler than normal. This would be a better uh, radio voice to have uh, than my flat normal voice, but uh, I'm feeling a little more healthy. I'm happy to be back here. How's your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. Been full of MSU soccer. It's been fun. Yeah, right on, right on. And, um, you know, this week we're here on Walk the Line to talk about NCAA Week 7 and NFL Week 6. So can you believe we're seven weeks into the football season already? Man, it's hard to believe. And, you know, right around the corner it's going to be, you know, a couple weeks now deciding who those Final Four teams are. So it's going to be interesting. Yes, it's very interesting. And so I guess we should just talk, uh, you know, uh, last week we we did post a written version of Walk the Line so everybody can see uh, that we were right some of the time. Uh, Brooks did better th- than me on college. He was four for seven. I was three for seven. But I was really good at the over-unders on college. Uh, five for seven. Brooks was uh, three for five. But uh, the number one thing to talk about is Michigan State University built a gigantic lead over the Nebraska Cornhuskers last week. Michigan State was six-and-a-half-point favorites when the game started. I was at the game. We're here in the fall. It's cold. It's wet. It's rainy. We knew it would be low-scoring. turned out to be low-scoring. Michigan State's fourth quarter was incredibly low-scoring for them because they scored no points, and they gave up 19 straight points. So my question to you is, what do you think of that? Because they didn't cover, and I'm super angry about it because I was wrong with my pick. But uh, you were right. You, you had Michigan State winning by three. But what do you think about that fourth quarter? I know. Actually, honestly, I turned the game off and went to bed. I was like twenty. Wow. I was like twenty-seven-three there, and Nebraska was not moving the ball at all. So Nothing. I was just kind of, this is over. Our defense is going to take it. You know, oh, uh, O'Connor is going to come on in. Sure. And just you know, it was late at night too. Ball. It was like eleven thirty at night at this point when the third quarter was just ending. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I think that's a problem for Michigan State now that they need to understand that you're up twenty-seven-three, but anyone, anyone come back and beat you. And I think that's something that D'Antonio and the coaching staff probably really, you know, sending a message to the players this weekend. Man, I really hope so because when I got home, because I was one of the students who left, it was raining and cold, and I, like I said, I was sick. So I went home, and I turned the game on, and it was 27-9, to 9, and then I watched the more touchdowns get scored, and then the... the it was so devastating to watch us miss that last field goal that could have made it 30-22 to because that would have covered the spread, made me feel a lot better. Michigan State would have felt a little safer on defense, but Nebraska had a chance to win it, and I'm there reading my phone, reading about how USC had just given up three consecutive touchdowns in four minutes, and they lost. So I, I mean, so how did you find out about the game the next day? Did you did you check the paper or something like that? What did you do? How'd you, or did somebody text? I, I know I was trying to text you. I think I saw it on ESPN. Or something. I think it was the. I, I can't remember how who, who told me what happened, but I think it was ESPN. I was watching and I was like, "Wow, like really? It was twenty-seven to three, and then we only won by three points. I mean, come on. Now. Yeah, we won twenty-seven to twenty-two. We did not Our, cover. Yeah, and and the thing was, uh, I almost had a literal heart attack because I saw the season crashing and. I said this uh, um, to some friends earlier this week. It, it does seem it's a different situation, but against Oregon, Michigan State was winning twenty-seven to eighteen. Gave up 28 consecutive points to end that game to lose 46-27. So now there's they've given up 28 points to one team in a row to end a game, and now 19 points to a different team. So, like you said, D'Antonio needs to use this as a motivation, uh, motivational tool. But is this a, Do you think this is a sad 
a trend that's going to a- end up hamstringing Michigan State's playoff chances down the road sometime. I think it is, and I think this is the same old Michigan State, Michigan State, you know, scenario or case is consistency. How can you be consistent? Can you play consistently throughout the season? Because the biggest thing that always gets Michigan State is they play well against certain teams. Then other teams they let, they let come back, and it's sure. usually particularly the easier games they they let people come on in and and make it a game, which you can't do. You have to play consistent defense and offense all the time, and you can't give up no matter if you're up fifty to nothing or twenty seven to three going into the, into the fourth quarter. You got to play with all your energy, one hundred ten percent, all the time. Yeah, and I mean I I think I don't think this is the same old Michigan State team i think it's almost sad how good we are at football because they're they're just so much better i mean nebraska couldn't do anything amir abdullah couldn't run the ball i mean they were they were just that much better than nebraska and frankly that much better than oregon for that big middle stretch of the football game that they were that it just it's they couldn't believe it when the teams you know overwhelmed them and it was almost like they didn't know how to get back into that playing mode so it's like I, I'm a little frightened, but I think that this is a different Michigan State team because they're just so much better. So I'm just looking to see if they can hold on consistently, like you just said, 110% effort now all the time, every play. I think we're overrated in some aspects. Do you? I think, I think everyone's giving us too much credit. I think we have a better offense, but I don't think our defense is the same as last year. Okay. They're good, but they're not as good. And you know, I really don't know for one of those final four teams. Wow. To be honest with you. Okay. Well, I mean, that's good just to bring it up because, like, it's not. It's not. Um, Brooks here is not a Pollyanna. He doesn't think it's all all good, and it's true. I mean, against Wyoming, we saw that uh, one, their their running back broke a long run, and so there has been a propensity to give up a big play there for um, the Michigan State defense. And Oregon sprung a bunch of different big plays, and uh, you know, and and it was almost sad to me last week when Oregon lost at home. To Arizona because I really really wanted Oregon to stay like number one or something like that so now now that starts to kind of like diminish I think a little bit what Michigan State um, you know is going to do for the rest of the season so hopefully Oregon can keep winning and I mean but comebacks you know last Sunday you saw in the NFL there were a lot of comebacks like the Browns were down 28 to 3 and came all the way back there were it was basically a comeback Sunday so you know it is the nature of the game you know teams do let their guard down I just hope Michigan State doesn't uh it anymore so we're open yep well that brings us to this week and this saturday's game which is not here in east lansing it's a road game for the spartans uh it's on saturday october 11th and michigan state is going to go to west lafayette indiana to play the purdue boilermakers and purdue is actually coming off a victory in my hometown of champaign illinois where the illini were up 14 to nothing and then the illini stopped playing any defense they thought they were playing flag football where you just kind of wave your hands in the air so purdue literally I think Purdue was dumping it off to the tight end, and he was breaking it for 80 yards last week. So Purdue won a game, and now Michigan goes in as 21-point favorites. The game opened at 22-and-a-half. So in the last few days, people have been taking the points that Purdue's getting. So over-under is 51. Uh, why don't you break down Purdue and tell me what you think about this, Brooks? Well, I think this Purdue's very team is very deceptive. Um Everyone, you know, for as bad or as, you know, as many points as they're giving up, they're scoring a lot of points. You know, their points for their 25, you know, 26.284th overall. But I mean, they put up 43 against Western Michigan, put up 38 against Central Michigan. Okay. Put up, or not bad, put up 17 against Central Michigan, 14 against Notre Dame. But then they come back in Southern Illinois, put th- up 35. Yeah, Division Two, basically. Yeah, Division FCS Two. Team, yeah. Um, so they're kind of inconsistent. Yeah. But that's a scary thing when you see an inconsistent team because 
you don't know when they're going to get hot and when they're going to get cold. Yeah. So that you know that's a very that's a very nerve wracking thing if you're if you're a team uh, like Michigan State and you know you're worried about what happened in the fourth quarter. You know, because you think it may be all fine and dandy. We're up, we're up so many points in the third quarter, but then all of a sudden here comes Purdue, and you know it looks like Purdue has a little bit of a quarterback situation. It's like two quarterbacks are playing: right. Austin Appleby and Danny, uh, Danny Etling. Uh, Etling yeah. looks to be the one that's had more snaps, or at least is the one that throws the ball more. Eight hundred yards, eighty-nine of one sixty-two. Not under fifty five percent completion percentage, which isn't very good. Yeah, Etling has more. I know Appleby played against Illinois last week. He was in there for the, the first stretch of the first half. So, yeah. I mean, they just haven't performed. Purdue. I'm looking like you said. Now, the, the game against Notre Dame was in the Lucas Oil Stadium, and they they held their own against Notre Dame. That's probably their best overall performance, just because Notre Dame is such a quality team. But they got spanked at home by Central Michigan. Central Michigan lost a player after that, so um, they lost twenty four ten to Iowa. So we can see there's there's two double digits, a 21-point loss to Central Michigan, 20, a 14-point loss where they didn't cover the spread against Iowa at home. So, you know, the 20, the question is, I mean, obviously, you think Michigan State's going to win the game, correct? Yes, I think they're going to win. So uh, at an over-under 51, um, you know, with a 21-point spread, you know, you're kind of looking at a, a game, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, something in that, uh, you know, 30... 38 to uh, 17 type feel, you know, that gets it to 52 with a 21 point spread. So something in that range is what it looks like it's being expected. So do you have a score in mind for what uh, the game will be? Yeah, I'm going to say Michigan State 41, Purdue 17. So you have us winning by 24 points, covering the spread, and you have it going as a total 58 to, to go over. Yes. Yeah, you know, like I said last week, I'm really good at picking college over-unders, and uh, Purdue, I think Michigan State's going to react angrily because of the Nebraska fourth quarter. I saw a photograph that Ryan Smith took at the press conference, and those guys' heads were down. And I think that this week they're going to look at each other and, and say, you know what, we're better than this, and we're going to show the world because it's a 3.30 uh, p.m. start. It's on ABC, so a lot of the country is going to be able to see that on either ESPN2 or on uh, network television. So they're going to want to come out and show off and show that they they deserve because right now Jerry Palm for uh, CBS Sports has Michigan State in the in the Final Four prediction. So you know he's he's the guru. You know he's the bracketologist of, of now if, if for football since the first year. So uh, I think I agree with you. This game's definitely going to go over fifty one, and um, you know I'm kind of back and forth on whether or not Michigan State's going to cover the twenty one. But I think you're right, man. I think I think Michigan State can put up forty five points in this one. So I'm going to say 45-17. So I really like your pick. All right. So, yeah. Just, uh, you know, go green, go white. Let's do this. Let's get the win because after this, then on the 18th, Michigan State goes to Bloomington, Indiana. They'll be heavily favored in that game if they if they can uh, handle their business down in West Lafayette. And then that sets up um, Michigan here in East Lansing and then Ohio State. And Ohio State's looks great because you and I both thought Miller- Maryland was going to play well, and they did not. Maryland did not. played a terrible first Oof. half last week. They gave up an interception when they shouldn't have. It was like 24-0. It was 24-10, and Maryland gave up a dumb interception, and Michigan State made it 31-10 at halftime. Or, excuse me, Ohio State. And so Ohio State looks like a team now that we really need to worry about. So that's the one. Michigan Wolverines, sorry, I'm not worried about you. And uh, that's my segue to this game. Can you believe, Brooks, can you believe after a 2-4 and Michigan team just left Rutgers with a blocked field goal, didn't win, didn't cover the spread, they were they were one and a half point uh, dogs last week at Rutgers. They lost twenty six twenty four. Now the Wolverines host a night game, seven p.m. start against the Penn State Nittany Lions, who are four and one in the season. 
Penn State has only lost at home to Northwestern, and Northwestern just beat Wisconsin. So Northwestern's not bad at all. So Michigan favored minus one against Penn State. Michigan's two and four. The over under is forty point five. In any way, shape, or form, should they be favored in this game? Do you think? I mean, I can see this. Like, like this is Penn State's schedule. So the, uh, they beat U- UCF in Ireland twenty six twenty four. Okay. Crush Akron twenty one to three. Play Rutgers, who everyone thought in coming into the Big Ten, right. either Rutgers or Maryland. It was a very was low scoring game, right? Thirteen ten, yeah. correct? It was thirteen ten, okay. and they won uh, by three. And then they crush Massachusetts. You Massachusetts awful forty eight to seven. And then yeah, you go. Terrible. You then Northwestern comes into Happy Valley and crushes Penn State twenty nine to six. Right. So there's if you look if you relate their schedule. They've kept the game close against teams that you think aren't very good, especially UCF that's lost Blake Bortles and and Storm Johnson. Sure, and, sure. And you know it was an interesting game because it was like you said it was in Ireland. It was the first game of the season for yeah. both of them. So yeah, I, so I, I see why Michigan is favored by okay. a point. Interesting. And you know, but the question to me is, I think it's fine if it's if if, you, if you're Michigan's given the point. So. Are, I mean, I mean, they're. I mean, it's they're giving up one. one. Yeah, I, mean, up one. I just don't understand it. I mean, like, I just it. It seems like Michigan is a train wreck mixed with a Hindenburg mixed with a Titanic. I think. I don't I know think, what what's to like. I think about it's Michigan. a combination of the players they have because they still have good players. They're not. They're just not putting anything together. Let's like let's put it that way. Like that's they, a they huge still, deal. They I mean, still it's have not top a good recruits. Thing to do. Oh, I know. I agree. I agree. But that's why you would, they would be favored because they have great. They have they have good recruits. Sure. But they're just not putting stuff. And it's it's the big house. It's one of the toughest places to play in college football. I mean, Utah went in there and smoked them. They and, did, and I was right about that game. Yeah. No. Yeah. You were. And then and then who's the other team that that was it a conference game that they lost? Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. Exactly. Minnesota went in there and ran all over them, thirty to fourteen. That was the infamous concussion game. So, I mean, Dave Brandon, the athletic director of Michigan, has, de- has made a statement. I'm going to stick with Brady Hoke. He's my coach. I'm not making any decisions on him, firing him during, during the season. And so if this train wreck continues on and goes off the cliff, I think both of them are gone. I agree. And, and, and they really have one chance right now. It's a home game to right, to right the ship, or else they're going to look at maybe a seven-loss season here. If they go to two and five, they got, they got to come here to East Lansing and I mean, they got Northwestern on their schedule. I'm gonna look at let, let me let me find out who else is on their schedule. I mean, it's just not, it, you know. I, I I spoke to some people about what's the over under for their win total at prognostication for the rest of the season. I said five and a half. Can they get over five wins? Because if they go to two and five, they got to come to come here on the 25th. You know, they get a week off. Uh, Michigan State's gonna spank them. They can probably beat Indiana, but they have to go to Northwestern. Northwestern's pretty good. Maryland, we'll see. And then at Ohio State to end the season. So they may have two winnable games, maybe three. So if they lose this, they go to five losses. Then we give them the sixth loss. Northwestern gives them a seven loss. Ohio State gives them an eight loss, and they finish four and eight. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, that's just terrible for a team, like you said, with so much talent. Yes. So. I mean, the, but back to why why Michigan probably is favored as well, okay. is if you look at Penn State, they— I mean, they have Christian Hackenberg, and they can sort of run the ball. I mean, they don't rush for a lot of. The rushing is 100, you know, averaging 101. They're 116th overall. Okay. And points for they're averaging 22.8, and they're 99th overall. So, and they really don't have a wide receiver to throw to after they lost Allen Robinson last year, kid I went to high school with who now plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, you know, it's just you know they throw the ball a lot. They average 306.8 yards. They're 25th overall. Okay. But let's be honest, like. That if you can't, you know, passing the ball is fine, but if you're not scoring, if you're getting in the red zone, you're turning the ball over, that doesn't work. 
And then your defense yeah. is playing well. 10th overall, 14.6 points per game, points against. So, I mean, it's they're kind of an enigma because, you know, you want to pick them to win this game, but, you know, are, is the offense going to score points? Well, their two victories are against Appalachian State and Miami, Ohio. And Appalachian State's not even a good FCS team. And Miami, Ohio is one of the worst teams in football. For Penn in, State? Oh, I'm talking uh, about Michigan. Michigan. Okay. For Michigan. Yeah, and yeah. then, I'm sorry, and, and Michigan's on a three-game losing streak. I mean, there's just nothing to like about Michigan. So yes. I'm going to just jump out here and say Penn State's whooping them. Penn State's putting it up on them. And, and, and the 40.5... That's that's a tough one in this game. So I'm just saying, take the point for Penn State, but Penn State's going to win this game. Penn State's going to win this game by at least a touchdown. So it's going to be a low-scoring, disgusting affair just because Michigan has, can't put it together. So I'm going to go for like some weird like 22 to 13 game for Penn State. I just think Michigan State, or excuse me, the Michigan Wolverines don't have what it takes, and they're going to go to two two and five in the season. It's so you're keeping it under 40? Keeping half? it under. I just don't think, okay. you know, at Michigan, they lost 31 nothing to, to Notre Dame, and it's just been dingy ever since, okay. you know? So, anyway, what do you think? I'm going to keep it under, and I'm going to say Penn State wins. Okay. I'm going to say it's close. So I'm going to say it's by a field goal. Okay. Because Penn State, it's like I said, the big house is a tough place to play, and I figured this is Brady Hoke's last limb, the day Brandon's last limb. They got to put something together. They got to look competitive. Yeah, because they haven't in the past couple games. Okay, I'm gonna say Penn State edges the Wolverines out, seventeen to fourteen. All right, you like that score? You you were perfect last week when you picked that score for Notre, Notre Dame, Dame Stanford. Stanford. Yep, you were perfect. So cool. Hey, you know what? I mean, I do revel in Michigan's demise. So I am looking forward to seeing Penn State play well. I think Penn State's going to go to five and one. And I just think anybody who has any faith in this Michigan team, it's that's delusional because they've shown. I mean, they're trending downward, and they have been for a, for quite a long time this season. So uh, not looking good. All right, I'm going to skip to the next important game. This is the matchup, I would say, of the week in all of college football. It's an SEC matchup, and uh, it's titanic because this team is the one that Brooks has been heralding all season long. And he picked them correctly over Texas A&M last week. This is the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And they jumped all the way up in the rankings. I think to some of them have three. Tie for three. Three or four. Yeah, with, with, with Mississippi. Miss. Yeah, with, yeah. So, the, so, the boy, that state's never. I mean, in my lifetime, and I'm old, I've never seen these teams do well. Yeah. So, the Mississippi State Bulldogs and Dak Prescott. You remember that name? Because this guy is great. He Heisman can run. He's, he jumped way up there. He's now there in the conversation with Gurley from Georgia Bulldogs. So, Auburn who just trucked LSU last week, 41-7. to So Auburn looks great, but they're going into Starkville, and that's tough. With those Cowboys ringing up, I, I mean, Texas A&M got wiped out last week. Texas A&M scored two touchdowns at the end to make it a little respectable because it was 48-17. And Mississippi State is dogs at home, so the Bulldogs are dogs to the Tigers, which is crazy. So Auburn's minus 2.5. They're looking for another up-tempo, high-scoring game, which I would expect. I haven't looked at the weather report yet, but the over under 64. So right away, I like the over. But uh, why don't you talk about this? Because you've been just go- you have really been championing the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and for good reason, I see now. I just think with Dak Prescott, with a guy that can throw the ball as well as be a Tim Tebow like player, he's yeah. big. He's Strong. I think he's two thirty, and he's about six. I think he's I think he's about six three six four. And you know when you get down that in in the in the red zone and you need those yards or that that touchdown, you know you have an option for a quarterback sneak. Um, you know if he's out in the pocket, he can run and pick up yards. You know, and I think that's something that's really uh, that plays really well um, 
for Mississippi State. Auburn can do it as well with Nick Marshall. Very Nick true. Marshall's very, true. very That's why athletic. I think it's going to be high scoring. It's going to be yeah. I think you're right. I think it's going to be very high scoring. But I do love the Mississippi State de- Mississippi State defense. But the Auburn defense is very good as well. I mean, let's okay. not forget. So yeah. we have so points against Mississippi State's twenty second with nineteen and given only given nineteen point four on average. And then you have an Auburn defense where their points against is ninth for fourteen point four. Wow! So this is this is going to be quite a defensive game. Everyone thinks offense, offense, offense. I definitely think. I still think offense, though. I you mean, think so? Yeah. I mean, these teams just are so good offensively that I think it's going to trump the defense. I, mean, I, I, think, I think we're going to have a game go. that's going to be in the upper thirties. Really? Yeah. I think I think it may stay under. Wow. All right. Well, I picked first last time uh, when I said Penn State was going to beat Michigan. I just keep loving. I love saying that Michigan's going to lose. So why don't you pick first here? We got Auburn minus two and a half and over under sixty four. Okay. I'm going to go. Mississippi State wins this game. Okay. And I'm going to say the Bulldogs get twenty eight. No, thirty one. I like the thirty one pick. Okay. For some reason. Great. That's fine. Thirty one. And I'm going to say Auburn gets twenty eight. I'm going to say they win by field goal. Okay, so you got a close game, and then that would make this one of those, you know, instant classic games because I think one of these teams is in the Final Four. I think one of these teams is making the playoff. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think this is the year of Mississippi State, that they finally have done it. They, this is the year they're going to look back and say, 2014 is the year that we really came and made ourselves a name in the SEC and the national uh, college football. I mean, the way they're playing, they deserve to be in the final game against maybe Michigan State. I don't know. Maybe. But, I, I think that Auburn is great, and if Auburn can go into a crowd like this and win, then Auburn should be the overall number one team because the way they defeated LSU was was very supreme. And uh, so I'm not expecting Auburn to do it, but if they do, boy, watch out for the Auburn Tigers. Then they yes. just can't be stopped. But I'm with uh, with Brooks, who's been riding the Bulldog train all season. I'm going to say, like I said, upper 30s, a game that goes over. So I'm going to say that um, – uh, Mississippi State's going to win. I think it might be an instant classic. So uh, a game 38-35, there's, there's a field goal. So we both agree about that. But that puts it over. That puts it at um, 73 points. So I'm going to say Mississippi State uh, wins the game 38-35 in what's a classic and then propels them to what's gonna you're going to see is the first ever you know BCS appearance, which is now known as the playoff. So they picked a good year to get good at football. They I really did. do. All right. Here's another top 10 matchup um, that just I'll briefly touch on because TCU had a home game last week. They knocked off Oklahoma. They got an interception, a pick six, and then they I think they screwed up the extra point because it was 37-33 eventually was the ending, but it was 31-all, and Texas A&M got a pick six, um, and uh, they, they won the game at home. Now they have to go to Waco, Texas, and Baylor's been putting up a lot of points this season. So even though TCU has jumped all the way up in top 10 in the rankings, uh, Baylor's still minus seven and a half at home, so this is a perfect game to see where are these two teams in the Big Twelve, who's for real? Because the over under sixty seven, looking for a high scoring affair. So I just quickly think that TCU is a little, you know, they got a good home win, nothing wrong with that. But to travel into Waco and to win, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Baylor's going to take them out. So uh, I think Baylor just blasts them in this one. I'm going to go with a game that does it stays under just because Baylor's defense, I think, is going to hold strong. So I think Baylor's going to win this one 38-10. I'm just going to come right out and say it. TCU, you're not, you're not in the upper echelon. Nice job knocking off Oklahoma. That was good for Michigan State. But I do think Baylor's going to start moving itself as a potential for the Final Four. So what do you think about this one? You know, it's interesting because 
not, neither team has really played a tough schedule. No. So let's see. TCU beat Samford 48-14, Minnesota 37, SMU 56 nothing. then they beat Oklahoma 37-33. to Yeah. And you got Baylor, who beats SMU 45-0, Northwestern State, not really any competition, 70-6, Buffalo, no competition, 63-21. Right. Iowa State, not very good, 49-28, then a very down Texas team, 28-7. So Texas did stop the high-scoring offense of Baylor, and I think this is an interesting game to watch out for to be for someone to be an upset alert. Okay, I think TCU they're seventh in points against with thirteen and a half in overall. Their points for they put up an average of forty-two point eight, which is twelfth overall. They can run the ball and they can pass the ball, which right. I think is very is very dangerous. But on the other hand, you have the same team in Baylor who runs and passes the ball as well, and they're the first in the nation in points, on average points. Okay. So I think this is going to be a very close game. Okay, it's going to wow. be high scoring, but I think it's going to be close. And let's see, we have the over-under here is 67. 67. Yep. You went way under. I went under. I just think Baylor's going to shut them down. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll even amend mine from 38-10 uh, to 38-17. So I'm just going to pop a little more up, but that even keeps it at 52. To stay I think this under. gang is a shootout and gets into the 30s. Okay, maybe, maybe, yeah. And I think someone hits 40. They, someone has to hit 40 to win this game, and I think it's TCU that hits 40. Wow. I'm going to say TCU hits 42. All right. And Baylor hits 35. Wow, that would really shake up college football. That I think that would be good for Michigan State too. At this point, I think we're looking at. Uh, who can lose to make Michigan State pop up in the rankings as much as we can? Yeah. But uh, that would be good. But, but also, that would be a great road win for TCU, which would put them in the conversation. So you have TCU winning 42 to 38, you said, or 35? 35. Wow. Man, I, 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 ever since the that Notre Dame game and uh, some of those other upsets, I'm getting hey, a little cocky. Wow, great. Hey, I love it. I love it. All right. So sticking uh, now back to the SEC. We got, like uh, Brooks said, Ole Miss is tied in the rankings with Mississippi State at number three. So Ole Miss, who just defeated Alabama and haha, Lane Kiffin. Like, does I blame Lane Kiffin for everything. Like, why would you hire him? So uh, they, they went stagnant. Alabama did. They couldn't score in the fourth quarter. Miss, Ole Miss scored 13 points, won the game 23-17. to 17. So now Ole Miss, who's looking great, they go on the road, and now they're dogs because Texas A&M's been playing well. So Ole Miss, this is a reality check for them because Texas A&M's not going to be too happy. Two weeks ago, Texas A&M struggled in the Jerry Jones Dome against Arkansas and won. They came back, tied it, and won. Last week, they really did get blown out by Mississippi State. So Texas A&M is at home, College Station, minus two, over under 64.5. So, uh... What do you think about this one? I think Mississippi can win this game. I just think Texas A&M, besides playing Old Miss and then Arkansas, in the game, like I said before, in the games yeah. before, they haven't played a team that has a good defense. Okay. And I think with a young team, with a young quarterback, you have to, you know, he doesn't understand you know, everything that's being thrown at him. You true, know, he may get true. lucky once in a while by scrambling or just randomly throwing the ball up and yeah, the receiver's okay. there. I think in this old Miss defense, their points against 10, 10.2, an average, second overall. That's their average for their, their defense gives up. That's impressive, for and real. The, yeah, and then they average 35.8 points, which is 36th overall, and they beat in teams. Uh, they beat Alabama, uh, Boise State, not the same Boise State as before. You know, they crushed Vanderbilt. You know, they really haven't been tested, but in their first test against an SEC opponent, Alabama, they did win at home. Okay. And 
I know they're at Texas A&M, so that's going to be very interesting because Kyle Field's always very difficult to it's play It's so at. hard. That's the original 12th man. You know, Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. do that now, but that's really where it all started. There's the 12th man at Texas A&M. Yes. So, let's see, A&M's, let's see, favored by two. Yep, 64 and a half over 64 and a half. I'm going to say this game's very close. Okay. I like that. I, I'm going to say... All right. I'm going to say Ole Miss wins by three. All right. I'm going to say Ole Miss scores... What's what, 64 and a half. I'm going to say it goes over. I'm going to say Ole Miss gets. You say over? Yeah. I'm gonna really? Say, well, man. No, I'm going to go under. All right. I'm gonna go, you changed my mind there. I'm going to go under. I'm going to say Ole Miss gets 35. Okay. A&M gets 21. Wow. So Ole Miss is for real. There's this is interesting. I think he, I think Bo Wallace is going to show up. Bo wow. Wallace is so hot and cold, but I think he's going to get hot. You know, and it's funny because you did a lot. You you are a rational human being, Brooks. You are a good number cruncher, and you're rational. And I'm going to be irrational again. And you know what? You're you're smart. I like what you're going with this. Uh, a, a lower scoring game, but for some reason, I think Kenny Hill really is a great quarterback, and he does just sling it around. And he's a risk taker because he doesn't know any different. He's this is his first year playing quarterback, so he just you know he's going to throw it up there for better or for worse. So we'll see how good Ole Miss is. I really do believe what you said, but I am going to pick Texas A&M to win and cover. I think that they're going to win by three. It's going to be a close game, like you said. I think it's going to be high scoring, very high scoring. So I'm going to go Texas A&M wins 41-38, and uh, it's just one of those SEC shootout games. And uh, where the crowd gets behind Kenny Hill, and he starts slinging the ball, maybe throws four or five touchdowns. So, but but you are completely rational. There's nothing wrong with that. So uh, we'll just see. I'm, I mean, this is finally a week of football where we're seeing these top ten matchups. I can't wait for Saturday. So just exciting. And then uh, last game I want to talk about for NCAA. Uh, there's our Ducks again. And what the duck did they do last week at home against uh, Arizona? They lose the game. It was, and it was like going on Thursday night, like super late games. So this time it's a Saturday game. They, the Ducks, are favored on the road in Pasadena. They're going to the Rose Bowl, but just to play UCLA. So the Bruins, who lost at home to Utah last week, correct? Yes. So Utah's actually pretty dang good. Yes. So... Really, I don't know. This is a tough one. The over-under is 70.5, so I just think that's way too much. I mean, Oregon seems to... That's a very high shootout. It's a high shootout. So I like the game to go under. I'm going to just go pick quickly on this one. I think Oregon does handle its business. I mean, UCLA, they really smoked. A couple weeks ago, they smoked Arizona State. They put up like 60-some points on them. And then Arizona State went to USC last week, and USC is not very good. Scored three touchdowns in the final three minutes and 53 seconds to win the game with a Hail Mary. So through that logic, I just see Oregon winning. I mean, Oregon can't be happy about the way they played against Arizona. Arizona is now a top-10 team. They vaulted all the way up. So uh, Oregon can't be happy. Mariota is suddenly out of the Heisman discussion. So I think Oregon goes in there and uh, wins by a touchdown. I think it's going to be lower scoring. I'm going to say uh, 31-24, Oregon wins by a touchdown, which is the exact score they lost to Arizona. So I think they just do a flip, and they put another loss on the Bruins. I think Oregon wins this game, but I don't think UCLA's defense is very good. If you look statistic-wise, their points against 72nd overall, 25.8 is okay. the average they're giving up. Okay. You know They're playing against teams where the Virginia team, which is better, but they're not great. You know, they they win 28-20, but they give up 20 points in that game. They gave up 35 in a win against Memphis, 17 in a win against Texas, 27 in a win against Arizona State, 
you know, they, then they give up 30 against Utah. And how many did they score against Arizona State? Like 65 62. points? 62. 62, wow. Yeah. And I, don't, I just don't see – they're not going to put up that many points against Oregon. Yeah, that's why I don't and think And so I think either. Oregon's motivated to get back on that track and just to clobber teams. Okay. So I think Oregon wins this game. I'm going to go 41-28. Okay. And that keeps it under two. So we, yes. we both think it's going to stay under the 70. It's not going to hit 70. Yeah, I mean, that's a night game, and I'm just looking at the slate. Michigan State plays at 3.30 on Saturday. I mean, Mich- Michigan plays at 7 p.m., so uh, hopefully Michigan State will take care of their business. We can just enjoy the other games. I mean, these SEC games are, are choice, as Ferris Bueller would say. But, I mean, it's just it's what a great week of college football to watch. So I can't wait, man. Me too. Okay, well, on the heels of that, I'm going to segue quickly to the NFL because guess what? It's not that great of an NFL week. I looked at the NFL schedule. It's not that great. NFL, always interesting, really hard to predict NFL. This week's schedule in the NFL is just not that great, Brooks. So I did pick three games here to look at. And uh, the first one is just because it's a local flavor. We've got the Detroit Lions, who were up 14-0 against the Bills and decided to score no points after that. And they decided to have a kicker that couldn't kick straight. I don't think he's on the team anymore, right, Henry? No, they got, they, no, they got rid of Alex Henry. Now they have Matt Prater. Oh, the former Broncos, the Bronco, the guy who used to save Tim Tebow's life week in, week out. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Detroit now goes to the outdoor stadium where the Minnesota Golden Gophers play to play the Vikings. The Vikings just got uh, a bird poop right in the middle of their forehead last week against uh, the Green Bay Packers. So uh, I don't know. I mean, is Bridgewater going to be playing in this game? I don't even know. I don't I don't know. I mean, Minnesota is not the most compelling team in the world. Uh, Detroit comes off a loss. They have to be ashamed of themselves. I mean, Green Bay is going to start running away with this division because the Bears are 2-3. and three, So Detroit just has to get this game. We always say this. Detroit has to get this game. And now what are they on the season? Are they 3-2 and two on the season? Or? Yeah. Yeah, so they have to have it. And uh, they're minus 2 at Minnesota. Overner's 45. I like a little screwed-up uh, crappy game where they where they get out of there with a, a six-point win. So I'm going to say 20-14. to 14. Uh, they actually win a game, and 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 Prater kicks uh, two field goals there, so that'll be the difference. So I like Detroit winning twenty to fourteen. What do you think? This game definitely stays under under forty five. This isn't yeah. getting over. Uh, I'm gonna say Detroit wins twenty four fourteen. 24-14. And really, I mean, is there even anything else to add? If they lose, which, I mean, already, I'm not a Michigan guy, but this just looks like a regular Lions That's team. a bad Minnesota team. And it's a bad Minnesota team. But if they lose this game, I'm sorry, Detroit fans. It's It just is again. But if you can get to 4-2, and two, then there's some hope here in uh, the state of Michigan for your for your professional team in the Hawaiian blue. But uh, I'm not seeing too much from them after that Buffalo loss. That was Kyle Orton playing for the Bills there. Not pretty. Not pretty. Now, here's a game that I just can't wait to watch, and it's an exciting game. The Dallas Cowboys, this is a 4 p.m. start, have to go to Seattle. Seattle looked pretty good there at the end. Uh, they, I mean, just Russell Wilson ran for 122 yards on Monday Night Football. The guy's awesome. Marshawn Lynch, the crowd, everything, the defense, Seattle minus 8. So that's a lot of points to be giving up at home. Cowboys had to go to overtime, tied at 17. They gave up a late touchdown when, um, uh, who's the guy for the Texans, uh, who I don't like, uh, Foster. Arian Foster ran it and tied the game. Cowboys did win the game, 20-17. to 17, But now the Cowboys have to go play a tough team. I think this line is perfect at, num- at minus 8. Overner's 47. So why don't you go first in this one? Because this is a tough one for me. This is, uh, what, I mean, what, what quarterback is going to, sh- what Tony Romo version of Tony Romo is going to show up? Is okay. it going to be good Tony Romo or is it going to be awful Tony Romo? Because he's hot and cold. Uh, just like a freshman college quarterback. 
if that's a good analogy to that. Hey, um, he's like a Kenny Hill, right? I yeah. Mean, and I'm looking at, I mean, Dallas Dallas in the season, just to, to quickly interject, they're 4-1, and one, and Seattle's only 3-1. and one. So Dallas isn't terrible. They still no. got the win. They just didn't beat, and the Texans are better than people think, yes. I, I believe. So it's tough, man, minus 8. What do you think? I mean. I just think Seattle plays so well at home. I just don't yeah, see Seattle do. losing. And I, Russell Wilson figures it out. Marshawn Lynch is a powerful runner. The, that defense is really good. Uh, maybe not the same as last year, but they're very good. And I'm going to say Seattle wins. Over under is 47 in this one. I'm. It's uh, that's going to stay under. Do you think? So? I don't see. I don't see them. Okay. It's a high shootout. And most NFL games, I feel like, don't go over a lot of this okay. stuff. Especially when you don't see many games get into the 40s and 50s unless sure. That's unless true. it's th- unless it's a really like a, like like like, like uh, the San Those Diego Thursday Chargers blow, blow out like San, yeah and like San Diego playing Jacksonville last weekend right right they well again. they blew out the, the Jets thirty one nothing the Jets week, yeah you're right it stayed under I mean yeah it still so, stayed under I though. hear you um so I'm gonna say Seattle wins okay I'm gonna say they put up twenty one and Dallas can only get fourteen so you have Dallas covering the spread in a game that stays under you know and this t- it's tough. I'm I'm sold on the Seahawks. I think they're going to repeat as champions. Pete Carroll knows what he's doing. I say that all the time. He knows how to get two, and then he's done. Then he's not going to be good. Then then they're going to be there. He's going to do something illegal the third year, and they're going to have to break up the team, and uh, something's going to happen. But this year, 2014, they're going to repeat. They look great, and they're on their way to home field advantage. So I actually do think it's going to go over. I think with the crowd, Dallas. I think they're going to give up some points. So I got uh, 31-20. Um, and, uh, I think Seattle's just going to overwhelm them and cover the eight points. I mean, it's just, they, they look like champions. All their players look like special players. Russell Wilson, Percy Harvin, Marshawn Lynch, the whole defense, Sherman and the gang. So I think we're seeing a two-year dynasty here that Pete Carroll is perfect for. So that's what I think. Hmm. Yep. Anything to add to that one? No. I mean, it, I guess it could go over. I, I don't know. I, NFL is so difficult to pick because because so everyone's hard. so good and everyone is at the same level that you know unless someone really messes up you know it, it, that's when games get over. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of them stay under. All right. Well, I like that you said this because here's a team that I think always goes over. Always. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. And last week, thank goodness their their spread went from minus 6 to minus 4 because they won. They were up 34-7, to uh, seven, and they gave up three consecutive touchdowns to the crappy Rams and won 34-28. So what would have been a push at game time went to minus four. They end up still covering, but they go over all the time. And I'm going to just give you a quick – this is the night game. This is the NBC game. It's the 8 p.m. start. The Eagles are 4-1 and on the season. They're hosting the New York Giants. Eagles are minus 2.5, and, and the over-under is 51. And I'm telling you – the Eagles games are going to be going over this season. They're just something about them. They're, here's their scores this year. 34-17, 30-27, 37-34, 26-21 was the one that stayed under, barely, against San Francisco. And the 49ers are pretty dang good, I'm seeing here. Yeah. And then last week, like I said, 34-28 over the Rams. So first and foremost, this game's in the 30s. And I'm just going to come out and say it. Philly, it's going to be a cover. New York's playing a little bit better than they should be. They look good down the stretch against Atlanta. They they scored uh, like a, a bunch of points at the end. They end up winning by ten. Eli Manning, like he's getting some respect. He's fine, but I think Philly's looking great. They're going to go to five and one in the season. I think Philly puts up maybe uh, thirty seven points on them. So I'm going to say uh, thirty seven to thirty one in this one in a game where Philly covers. I'm going to say Philadelphia wins as well. 
And I think this time, I agree with you. I think it's going to over. I talked him into it. You did. You did. Thank you. You did talk me into it. Thank you. But, I mean, it's Philly's highest power offense with Chip Kelly. I mean, everyone loved it at Oregon, and they yeah. put up a lot of points. Foles and, is looking good, man. And, you know, Foles is flourishing. I hate Philadelphia, and they look good. Oh, Foles is flourishing in that offense, and Darren Sproles getting touches. LaShawn yeah. McCoy doesn't look as great as he did last year, but that's still a weapon. Jeremy Macklin's playing very well. Very well. Uh, even Riley Cooper is getting some passes that's right. and TDs. So I'm going to say Philadelphia wins this game. I'm going to go – I'm going to say they win. I'm going to say they put up 42 points. Okay. I'm going to go 42-21. For, wow, a big win. They're going to double them up? Wow. Well, hey, I mean, it's possible. I just – this one, Philly, we both agree. Philly's going to cover, and, and I've convinced you it's going to be a high-scoring game. And you watch. It's a night game. They're just going to get up and down the field. Like you said, it's Chip Kelly. So for 51, I think that that's way too low for, for, for the Eagles at this point of the season because they've shown that they score a lot of points. And as we saw, they'll just give up some points too. And their team, they, they Jacksonville, they gave up 17 points to start the game. They scored 34 unanswered. So they're a team of runs. They're a very Chip Kelly team. They are. He really did bring his Oregon team to the pros, mm-hmm. and I can't believe it. So I think that they are going to win their division. I mean, they're going to be in it with the, the Cowboys at the end, but I think Philly's going to go to the playoffs. Yeah, so. and, you know, also, you know, Chip Kelly brought that nutrition factor where it's no junk food, we're eating healthy, we're eating certain meals. Yeah. And that's the biggest part of, of any professional player or athlete in general is what you eat and put into your body and how healthy you stay. That's the biggest thing, and that helps you throughout the game. That helps you late in games to pushes you to— They do look solid, man. They're they so do. quick. They are. They're, they're quick, yep. and they're good. Wow. Great. Awesome. Well, that was Walk the Line here for uh, NCAA Week 7 and NFL Week 6. My name is Dan Cryer, and that's Brooks Lambeer, and it uh, feels good to be back. Uh, like I said, I'm getting over my cold, and I still have a little bit of raspiness to this voice here that it will go away next week, and I'll be back to normal. I'll be like, hey, guys, it's me, Dan. But, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, happy to be back and, uh, you know, happy to be back here with Brooks. So anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Not really, just looking for some upsets in college football. I'm hoping they uh, come true. Cool, and I'm I'm looking to see if Michigan State can just get out there, you know, shake off the rust of that fourth quarter against Nebraska, you know, just do what they need to do against Purdue, maybe just destroy them because this is a different team. I'm, I'm going to stick with that one. I think this Michigan State team is good. The question is, are four spots enough? You said they're not. And I'm a little worried that these other teams that are playing these great competition are just going to keep winning, like a TCU or a Baylor and an Ole Miss or a Mississippi State. There's just not going to be room for Michigan State in that Final Four. Like the SEC Conference in general. Yeah, we'll see, man. Can you believe at the end if the three of the teams are from the SEC? We'll see. I mean, they should take each other out for us. We'll see. But uh, that's that's to be discussed next week. We'll see what happens. So everybody, you take care and uh, have a good weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Peace. Bye.